0: welcome to the Research Works podcast. My name is Dr. Dana Poole and I get the privilege of bringing to you a very special series this week. I am here in Slovenia at the European Academy of Childhood Disability interviewing the researchers and presenters about their work. This is very exciting and I can't wait for you to delve into this whole research conference series. We hope you enjoy the series. Welcome back to the Research Works Podcast, our very special edition here at EACD Slovenia 2023. So I have another wonderful guest today to be able to talk about her poster. So welcome to the show, Rose Elekanachi from McGill University. Thank you so much for having <laughs> me. I'm excited to be here. Today. Oh, I'm so glad we met yesterday. Yes. It was brilliant. And the minute you told me about your research, I was like, okay, we've got to make sure we bring you on here to talk to you about this. Uh, so the title of your poster is The Development and Validation of... A cost of care questionnaire for children with arthrogryposis multiplex congenita—a caregiver perspective. So many gold words in there. So um, let's let's go back a little bit in terms of like why you decide to go into this area in the first place. That's a very wonderful question. Thank you so
1: much for having me oh, on the podcast welcome. in the first place. Um, first thing first, I'm Nigerian mm-hmm. and a physical therapist by profession. And in Nigeria, um, during my practice as a physical therapist, I understood or came to understand that so many conditions in in, in pediatrics mm-hmm. kind of fell into this spot of they would come to the clinic for treatment and they would disappear for a while. They do that again and disappear for a while. And yeah. it, it made me ask the questions of what exactly is going on? Why is it that you come for treatment and you disappear and? parents then would say, oh, I didn't have enough money to come for treatment. Or I did not do this, do that. And... Mm-hmm begs my concern of it's important to try to figure out you know caring in the first place is a lot of work yeah. and is on its own is a rare condition yeah. and so many conditions like cerebral palsy Down syndrome um, Duchenne muscular dystrophy is one that you talk about a lot yes. and research has been done in this light over and over again and for a condition that atherograiposis where it is one in 3,000 children wow. who actually come down with this condition yeah. very rare and you can be in a small city and it's just only you and your child that has this condition yeah. and they shall, and it's kind of hard to figure out you know support systems how to go about it so therefore that's like my lab Dr. Naomi Danan in Sharina's hospital and I found out about her, and I was like, you know what? I would like to do research on caregivers' perspective in the, in the rare condition. And yeah. from there, I can translate, I like, can study back home to Nigeria, where Amazing. maybe it's in, of, of course in other conditions. But after rare post is kind of important because of how rare the rarity of it, yeah. and how it's important to go away from the very popular ones for a while yeah. and try to figure out how to support this, you know, families. That's who, wonderful. Yeah, the condition yeah, that's no really wonderful.
0: Yes. Well, to, for our listeners and for just a bit of a recap, because it is such a rare condition, give mm-hmm. us a bit of a 30 second rundown I suppose <laughs> on on what the condition actually is what are the main clinical features that we might see that's very interesting and um,
1: atherograpulous is like I mentioned one in 3000 comes with a group of a whole Condition in general. Sure. Okay. So it, the main thing is the musculoskeletal affectation, which is the muscles and the skeletal um, component of the body yep. com- presenting. Yeah, it's mostly joint contractures, yep. muscle stiffness, weakness, muscle weakness in general, and then this it kind of relates into stiffness as it progresses along the line. Okay. So in different children it presents differently depending on the type okay. they're different types and based on genetic formation and genetic sure. composition yeah. it kind of varies over time okay. so a child with arterial says some could present with just you know upper limb affectation I and mean, when I say upper limb I mean like the upper limb the hunt. Yep. and sometimes it's just the lower limb mm-hmm. sometimes it affects the spine sometimes mm-hmm. it affects the face mm-hmm. you know speech and all that yeah. and sometimes it also goes into the cardiorespiratory depending on the right.
0: type so okay. it kind of varies yeah exactly yep. and so would it be considered a progressive condition? Zombies,
1: it's following because it's rare Yeah. research is still ongoing yeah. right now people say it's non-progressive yeah. in the sense that whatever the child is presenting with mm. after like once the yeah. birth happens is what they would have to take care of over time yeah, so sure. therefore like to my complete knowledge I might be wrong I, what I know about after greposis so late, is that it's non-progressive mm. whatever is presenting at birth is what the parents are sure. going to have to deal with you know, yeah. throughout the child's life and I
0: guess it's the, the, the natural things that with growth you might see it, it might appear like it's progressive because yes. there's growth that's happening alongside it exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what happens. And over time, then
1: mm. as the child begins to grow and go through developmental milestones, yeah. different things begin to show yeah. up and begin to come through. And then you begin to have to see different healthcare professionals sure. to yeah. deal with the different presentations. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah, that's great. Okay, that's a great description. So now tell me a little bit about the caregiver perspective and, and why you wanted to go down that path. Because obviously, looking at cost of care is is really important. So tell me how those things relate. Very interesting.
1: So, you know, when in the adults, in the adult world of healthcare profession, Mm. we've looked into, you know, when you're caring, a a person with a particular condition doesn't care for themselves most of the time and, and they have someone who's there to support, give them all the support that they need to go through. Now, for a child who needs... Care on a typical child when they care to get through from zero to a particular age, yeah. but they can care for themselves. Now, for a child who has a condition that comes out with contractor, comes down with love muscle weaknesses, they yeah. need someone to support them. Sure. Now, when we're supporting the children through medical, through the medical line or through the healthcare line, there's someone who's also there that's caring for them. Yeah. That so many things about their life is changing because yeah. of their child. Yeah. And most time it's always ignored because they're like, oh, it's the parent, they're taking care yeah. of their child. Yeah. But there's an extra work that comes into taking care of a child Mm. with some form of disability. Mm. So therefore the reason why I wanted to go to caregivers' perspective is I wanted to hear from the person who is on a twenty four seven basis with this child, understands everything sometimes better than the child if care is not taken. Yeah, sure. So I wanted to understand from their perspective, you know, how does this cost, you know, and when we say cost of caring, us being here at the EACD today comes with a lot of costs.
0: Yeah. Like flights, yeah.
1: hotels, and yeah. all that. And that's just regular stuff. Imagine now yeah. a parent who has to do extra medical care, extra medical appointments, mm. extra therapies, you mm. know, adaptations to chair, to wheelchair, to writing materials, to even mm. schools. Mm. So all that adaptation costs a lot of money. That's right. And yeah. it's attributed to the caregiver. Yeah. Not the right. child, because yeah. the child is not working. Yeah. And there's so many things that come with like the healthcare system in different countries that mm. Some things are covered, some things are not covered. Yeah. Sometimes the child gets to 18 and the parents are stuck with, okay, what do I do now with this yeah, child? Like sure. How do I support the child mm. going forward? I've done my bit now mm. they're seeing their colleagues, you know, go to work or go to college. How do I support them through this aspect? Mm. And that also behoves on the on the caregiver yeah. as well, sometimes a yeah. parent. So I wanted to look out from there and yeah. see how can we now support this caregivers to make sure that whatever happens, because if anything happens to the caregiver, it affects the child sometimes negatively. So if the caregiver is completely okay everything, they have all the support they need, the child also gets the support indirectly. Mm. And
0: I think that's something that we're increasingly recognising exactly. more and more in research now is that the child doesn't come in isolation. They're not the ones coming to us saying, I need you to fix this or help me with this. It's the parent that brings them along. So there is this you know, parents love their children. Caregivers love their children. They want to find ways to help their child. So they exactly. will—they will probably do more than they—they they have resources for. And we need to understand what that looks like. Exactly. So yeah, I love how you described that. So now can we go into the this cost of care questionnaire? What did you, so this? your poster was all about the development and validation of it, right? Exactly. So what did you find? So what I found in general, so during as a PhD student, you
1: go through the process of doing a comprehensive exam at McGill. Mm-hmm. And during my comprehensive exam, I tried to go out there and find out what exactly is available when it comes to a cost of care questionnaire. Mm-hmm. And I realized there are cost of care questionnaires, but there's some of them are specific to the adults mm. in adult conditions. And some of them don't completely collect costs and they're different three different specifically three different type of costs. Any economist out there might challenge me on this, but the ones that <laughs> I know completely is the direct cost, indirect cost and social psychosocial costs. Okay. And um these three costs, direct is the physical money, indirect is opportunity cost and psychosocial yes. is the social changes that okay. happens yep. with the condition. Yeah. So this three some of some some of the questionnaires I found did not have all three costs. Mm-hmm. Some had two, some mm-hmm. did not some had only the like the money ones. Mm-hmm. And I wanted a questionnaire that had all three. Okay. And I realized I didn't have any of that in, ch- in child disability <laughs> okay, specifically, so right. I decided to create one. Now I didn't create one out of the blue. I yeah. went, I looked at all these questionnaires, found out exactly what were the main components. How does it relate to what I want to do? Yeah, and if you look at that poster properly, it has like five challenges that I identified during my co- my comprehensive mm-hmm. that I try to address mm-hmm. for this particular questionnaire. Mm-hmm. So therefore, understood what content I wanted in the questionnaire, defined the different aspects I wanted to be in the questionnaire. Then also involved a page that I did the caregiver engagement. Yes, good. I involved like parents, about five caregivers to help us in the pilot phase to let us know what questions the question actually mm. are good enough. How many of the, Are the questions cumbersome? Are the questions too direct? You know, because... We were talking about cost. It's very finance. It's
0: kind of hard to talk about sometimes. It really is, isn't it? There's so much, this can be so much stigma associated with it too. It, exactly. When you start going down that level, it's always awkward. Don't it, ask people how much they earn. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You don't yeah. want a
1: parent, no parent wants to feel like they're being asked that is the yeah. child a burden to them yeah, financially. that's right. So yeah. we wanted, we went through the pilot and the face validity state of the questionnaire to that's make good. sure that the questions were good. okay enough. And so great enough, just the study has started, the questionnaire is now out on Contracts, yeah. and we've had good responses. Okay. So those are the processes we went, went, went through the construct definition, went through developing the yeah. items, you know, also doing the pilot phases with the, we did with healthcare professionals, yeah. caregivers, and we also went through a phase validity stage with <laughs> caregivers as well.
0: There's so much work involved in the inquiry. In that, but you want to be able to assess the right things exactly. so you get the right outcomes. So it's worth doing. Mm-hmm. So where is this current... Measure. What is it called? It's a cost of care questionnaire. Cost of care questionnaire. Yes. So, can anyone access it at the moment, so, or is it just for the study? So, it's just
1: right now. It's just for the study. We're uh-huh. hoping that when we finally, because we are currently in the field stage, the so field testing stage. Okay. When you're doing, a, when you're creating the measure, you do the pilot phase. Yeah. Va- phase validity. You pi- you then do a field testing. Then uh-huh. you finally say this questionnaire is all good. It okay. can be translated and yep. used in order. Conditions, right. but right now it's House on Qualtrics translated to French and Spanish, okay. also available in English. We're using it to collect data on the cost of care of caring for a child with AMC between the uh-huh. ages of zero and twenty-one. Okay, um, we have currently sixty-eight participants who have filled out the questionnaire. We're hoping to get up to three hundred, but it depends. Okay, we're, 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 we're gonna we could cap it at one hundred or one fifty, depending. Okay, yeah. we're also doing interviews, yeah, and uh, we're trying to also collect more details through interviews, open-ended sixty-minute interviews, to figure out if there's any details I've forgotten and also factors associated. with... Mm. That we cannot really capture with a questionnaire, yeah. and um, it's a four, 35 to 40 minutes questionnaire. Okay, a lot of time. I yeah, suppose.
0: yeah. Yeah, and I think it's hard to have them. I mean, we always want to find ones that are just like 10 minutes, but they don't cover it, right? <laughs> exactly. So So yeah, it's really, it's really tricky. So it's that balance is really tricky. Exactly. Well, it sounds like you just got a little bit, a little bit of work ahead of you yes, <laughs> just a little bit. All right, so let's go to the part where we can talk to clinicians who are sort of out there working potentially with this population. What will be your number one tip from what you've done so? far of what they can do? Great question
1: now coming to this um, I did an interview, like I said I'm doing an interview at this moment, uh-huh. I did one yesterday, I landed here yesterday and <laughs> okay. I did an interview like two, two hours after wow. and there was one thing I took away from that interview, it was that Healthcare professionals should be careful of things they say to patients and mm, caregivers of patients. Gold. Now, why do why? some people yeah. say, oh, do I need to play safe? No, you don't have to play safe. There are things you're saying to a parent that to you as a healthcare professional, you're saying the right things. You're saying what you have to say. But how does it translate in the ears of the parent? Mm. Are you putting fear in their heart by what you said? Are you making them feel like all hopes are lost? Mm. So when you are sharing your concerns, also share them, but also share support system. Don't just say, well, this is bad, this is not going to work, but also say, if you decide to go this way, these are the supports and things that are available. And that's why we're healthcare professionals, is to provide all the available supports. What support do you think a patient needs? Aside from saying everything is wrong, everything is going to go bad, Mm. please let's try as much as possible to give whatever available resources we think are available in our different countries. Because it's one of the biggest things I've heard over and over again. I've done five interviews now and every parent says, everybody says everything that's going wrong. Nobody shows you what supports are available in the country that you're in. So parents now become like the best librarians. They look out for resources, become extra resourceful and things you hear from you are like, wow, I did not know that that was available in this country or this was available here. So we should go ahead and resource like we should we should be very open to res- um, looking out for resources that would help support our patients. That's great. Very important.
0: That's great. Uh, and I love how you said that too, because I think words have meaning. Yes. And um, you want to always be careful. You don't just say something just, you know, off the cuff, because what can be just a moment uh, on our lips Could define. can really, yeah. And the, you send someone down this whole whole path, right? Yeah. So I think that's really important. And, and when we come to the topic of the caregiver's perspective and the cost of care, and there's three elements that you were talking about when we're talking about about cost yeah. is... You know we can actually have a role to play in Agreed. each of them, and exactly. um, yeah, hope is very, very important too, and provide the right support. Exactly. So thank you so much. That was a great chat. It sounds like you've got so much work ahead of you, but <laughs> that you. that makes it a PhD, doesn't it? That's the great experience. <laughs> that. Thank you so much. <laughs> so for lovely to meet you here in Slovenia. It was nice to meet you as well. Oh, I thank time. you. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Well, to all of our listeners, remember you can head to our website researchworks.net where you see some notes about our chat today, and uh, yeah, do just stay tuned because. There's so much more to come. But for now, thank you. Thank you. And goodbye.